This is a Rio Grande Guardian International News Service report on border business. Anyway, thanks for coming. This is our last uh, regular meeting for the for the year. A um, little bit of news I'll share with you. The uh, as far as the economy, I'll be sending out the monthly economic report. And Elena and Brenda are here from Workforce Solutions. Thank you all so much for continuing that work and putting it out. <clears throat> I usually take their report and add a little of my own spin to it, but um, we'll be sending that out later this week. So the, the news was actually pretty good in October. The, uh, I think the unemployment rate ticked up a little bit in uh, most parts of the valley and, and in the country, um, which is actually good news if you're the Federal Reserve because they've been raising interest rates to try to slow down the economy and slow the rate of inflation. <clears throat> so. Um, so that's been pretty good. The, the latest federal employment report showed that the inflation rate is continuing to slow. We still have inflation, but it's growing at a slower rate. I think annualized it's down to about 3.7%. It was over 9% a year ago. So um, the Federal Reserve is making progress. And of course, they're trying to slow the economy down without bringing it to a screeching halt and causing a, a, a really bad recession. So the, the jury's still out. I think for our industry, you know, there's, there's always winners and losers. Manufacturing is such a broad industry. We have all kinds of different companies and serving all kinds of different parts of the economy. But I'm sure automotive is, has been uh, a little hectic lately with all the big three strikes and all of that rippling around the economy. Um, I know some of the home consumer goods uh, have been a little slow as related to home development, probably the... Um, air conditioning and uh, compressors and a lot of that stuff has been slow. A lot of companies have been working off inventory buildups that occurred during the tremendous uh, supply chain shortages and the disruption everybody had. I hate to even bring it up, but last year, yeah, I think everybody ordered four of everything because they couldn't get anything, so everyone manufactured four of everything. And, and then we're sitting back waiting in a lot of instances in a lot of parts of the economy all retailers and everybody works off all that inventory. So it kind of seems like generally manufacturing is sort of bottoming out now. <clears throat> the question is going to be how fast is, is the economy globally and in the United States recover so that we start seeing that uptick in demand. I know we've seen some layoffs in Reynosa. We've had some plant shutdowns over here um, temporarily for, for uh, to, to, you know, because of the customers in Mexico slowing down. Uh, I know the corrugation industry has been a little slow, the box, the box companies, the uh, recycler, they're usually the first ones to fill the pinch because when companies aren't making a lot of new stuff, people will want to start keep buying recycled products, so that's created quite a backlog for all the recyclers in some of the, some of the industries. The, the government <coughs> work has stayed pretty steady. Um, the work at the port, you know, that, that wasn't really affected. SpaceX is still building and trying to launch. Um, rockets, the shipbreakers are still breaking ships, tearing down battleships, and uh, all of that's still going on because those are kind of long horizon projects that don't go up and down with the way our consumers spend the money. It's too soon to say problem solved. Um, even though inflation is getting down to closer to 3% and the goal is 2%, the problem everybody, everyone says, well, how come everybody's grappling about the economy when we're getting inflation under control? Well, the problem is we're not reversing 
the 20% inflation that occurred during the pandemic and right after the pandemic. So prices went up 10 to 20% for over two years. Now we're slowing down the rate of increase, but we're never going to reverse all the all that higher cost for everything that we're now used to paying. So, so you know that that's why there's a conflict between what the numbers that the government looks at look like and what consumer, a lot of consumers feel, because we're still stuck with all the higher prices and all the paying the higher wages. I don't think if anybody's given back the wage increases they gave the last two years, raise your hand. <laughs> See that doesn't happen. So. So yeah, we're, we've got higher labor costs and, and all of that, but at least it's not getting much worse. So hopefully we'll see things start to improve in, in 2024. <clears throat> um, I guess while I'm talking, I'll touch on the wage survey project. I think I mentioned it at the last meeting in, in Brownsville. Uh, we're going to be starting our 2024 wage and benefit survey for the manufacturing industry in January. I'll be doing the outreach on that. I'll, I'm going to try to try my best to invite every manufacturing company in the valley and some of our maquilas that share their U.S. expats, border crossers, salaries with us for the project and uh, get everybody lined up and then I'll probably send the packets out in early January. We're going to make a few improvements to it. We're going to cut down on the number of questions in the benefits section. Um, I think we're going to add a split the forklift category into two because there's a lot of trouble finding forklift drivers and I think it's going to be easier if we can identify uh, maybe a sort of an entry level lower skill type forklift driver job and a higher skill where maybe the companies can split that out so depending on what type of forklift drivers you're looking for you can see more competitive <coughs> rates for what you do with your forklift people. I'm going to be getting asking for a lot of uh, job descriptions from a lot of our manufacturers this sort of look at um, a logical way to break that out. <clears throat> so that's what's going on there. That's going to take a lot of my time. You won't see much of me in the next few months. Uh, I usually spend a couple months doing outreach and then a fi about five months harassing HR managers to get them to send me their information so I can get the report done. I do want to thank, uh, point out that there's no cost. If you participate in the wage survey, a manufacturing company, distribution center, or a produce company, you're welcome to participate. It's free if you participate. If you don't participate, you'll have to pay for a copy. So it's much better to participate, and the better participation we have, the more accurate the data is. The reason it's free is because of our cornerstone and foundation level sponsors, all the EDCs, the uh, Express, and uh, I keep wanting to call them select <laughs> staff, their sponsors, and all of our uh, Community College, UTRGB, TMAC, all the people you see in all of our footers, that money is helping to defray the cost of this wage and survey project. Prior to that, the EDCs paid for the full cost all these years, so they're the reason we're able to do this uh, every two years. We've been doing it since 2004, every two years. <clears throat> um, I, I guess everyone knows by now the, the, the original Rexnord plan on military highway uh, finished winding down and closed uh, last month. Um, I've been told that Regal is closing their plant in Reynosa and the work is being moved to Piedras Negras. Um, I think they're down from a couple thousand people to a couple hundred or were a few weeks ago. There have been some layoffs. I'm not an expert on the McKeel industry. There's been some layoffs uh, over there as well. I think Corning laid off seven or 8,000 temporarily to probably an inventory balancing situation. 
So uh, again, it's it's been slow. It's been slow in different sectors on both sides of the river. Um, everybody knows the the uh, big three finished settling their. Um, labor contract issues with the United Auto Workers. Um, I think they ended up with generally about a 25% pay raise over four four years. Some pretty good signing, uh, ratifying bonuses to sweeten the pot for them to vote yes. And uh, they didn't get the work for four days and get paid for five they wanted. They didn't get uh, a return from 401ks back to defined benefit pension plans, but it's, it's going to cost the automotive industry quite a bit of money. The workers are going to get a lot better deal. I think the big deal was for years since 2008, they've had a dual wage structure where new hires started at a much lower rate of pay than their experienced workers. And this contract is dramatically increasing the pay for, for those people and bringing them up to par with the others. So yeah, it's, I don't know how it's going to hit the profits, but it's, it's, it's going to be challenging for the big three. And I guess the bad news is that UAW is all pumped up announced that they're going after Toyota, Tesla, Kia, and Hyundai next. So I'm not knocking the president. He refers to himself as the, the most pro-union president in the country's history. And I've, I've mentioned this to a lot of my manufacturing friends over the last year or two. We need to, we need to, you know, the time to worry about a union campaign is not when they're, when it's underway. It's all the time by treating your people right, having good communications, and providing the best uh, pay and benefits you can afford to. I think it's almost not even needed to be said because the labor market's been so tight, everybody's paying what they can afford to pay to, to attract and keep people. Anyway, enough said about that. 